What is up, everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of the Sheehan Show on Shardog.com. And today we are looking ahead to, do you know what? It's actually a very good Bellator 296 card emanating from Paris, France, next Friday, the 12th of the beautiful month of May. And do you know what? I think the fact that this Gegard Musasi fabian Edwards fight was announced uh, a while out made us kind of, you know, made us kind of forget about it a little bit. It wasn't until I did my, my top five fights for the month video, and I was like, well, uh, I don't I, I, I don't like this fight for how it makes sense in the division, to be honest, but I love the fight as a fight itself. But what comes underneath it is actually, like, really, really good. There's some fantastic fights underneath it, and we're going to, uh, I suppose, brink into all of them here and talk uh, all about them at the start. But I want to concentrate on that main event first, and I suppose the 185-pound division, because... As I said, uh, Musasi versus Edwards in the main event, but also Douglas Lima versus Costello Van Steenis. Um And I think they're two big fights for this division because we have Johnny Eblen there at the moment atop the division. He had beaten, obviously, Gagrin Musasi and won his fight since that. Um, if Fabian Edwards wins this, I have it on good authority that he's going to be getting the next title shot. I think that'll probably be in my home country of Ireland, but that can all change with a loss. And it can also all change with an injury. It can all change with everything. So it's uh, there's a lot to be done before that can happen. But I think that's what will happen if Fabian Edwards is able to get through Gegard Musasi. So a, a lot of things uh, that Bellator want from a card, they have in this one. They have a big, important fight at the top. They don't have the, the title on the line, but it's a big, important, uh, important fight to get to a title from Musasi, to get back to it as well. Um, and they have a couple of other fights that are not too far away from it either. So to get into the, the Musasi and, and Edwards fight, I suppose, it's it's interesting because both of these guys are, are at such differing points in their career. Uh, 37 years of age now, uh, Gegard Musasi. Obviously, he was on a great run since he... Uh, uh, since he came into Bellator, you know, he only lost to, uh, who was it, Rafael Lovato Jr. Uh, before his last fight against Johnny Eblen. He'd taken out basically the whole division there. Douglas Lima, as I mentioned a second ago, John Salter, Austin Vanderfort, Leona Machida. You know, he'd beaten Rory and, uh, after uh, Rory came up and even going back further, Rafael Carvalho and, and Schlemenko and, and all of that. And he was on a good run when he came over from the UFC as well. He'd, you know, he'd beaten Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall, Vitor Belfort, Thiago Santos, Talisletas, all the way back to 2016. So he's only lost two fights since 2016, which is mad. And he's fought a lot, and all, near, near, nearly all of them out there. A lot, you know, he's been in there. But now he's been uh, he's been out for a while, and it's been, what, just 11 months-ish? Just just short of 11 months since he's been in there after that, uh, you know, pr- pretty devastating loss to, to Johnny Eblen, who he, he was basically beaten down for, what, four and a half of those five rounds, if not, if not even a little bit more than that. And... Um, it's a big fight for Musasi at this stage of his career. It's a massive fight for him because you look at the like the stage of the, the career of Fabian Edwards in. It's uh, it's very different. He's okay. He's thirty years of age, but you know he's a young enough thirty years of age. He's only lost two fights in his career as well to the aforementioned Austin Vanderford and Costello Vancinas, who will be seen here. But you know he's two wins in a row, and I think if he gets a third, he'll be there thereabouts for title as I mentioned. But just first of all on Musasi, like I, I'm very interested to see. And I, I always look at a guy like Musasi like this, when you get to a point in your career where you lost kind of the big one and you've done it all in the sport. It's like, 
what, what's like what's the point in doing a little bit more now not necessarily um not necessarily losing to Eblen uh, is the thing that would make, make me so uh, Musashi should retire and I'm absolutely not saying that but for him himself it's kind of a point in I think other sports where people like kind of would step away and would retire but also we're at the stage where one result can change all of that because I think if he loses here to Fabian Edwards I think it will be retirement you know and I think a lot of people will start to talk about retirement I don't know whether he will or not but I think people will right and a win well, we're talking about him. Well, Eblen has kind of fought a lot of guys. Could he get another shot at him? So it's it's a very weird. And I say this with this fight. It's kind of a precipice of going backwards, going out, or going right to the very top. And that's a lot of jeopardy in a fight. And it makes it very, very interesting for me. Um, I I want, as I said again, that year, that 11 months out, I wonder how that's going to fare. Because he's not the type of guy who has had long periods out. Like, between his last fights, it was four months. Between that, six months. Between uh, before that, again, you know, there was a bit of time due to the pandemic. There was what nine months, I think, before that. But you know, he's usually a guy who fights fairly often. Fought uh, a few times in 2019. Fought two times in 2018. Fought what three times in 2017, and the same in 2006. Four, five times in 2016, I think. In fact, you know, he's a, fight, a guy who fights an awful lot, and to be out for 11 months at this stage of your career, and I said that a few times recently. I feel like I, I feel like it's kind of a reoccurring team that guys later in their career in MMA uh, do take more time and maybe to come back and I just wonder how well that will work especially when you're coming in against a guy here like Fabian Edwards who's an absolute an absolute monster um and just before we get to the fight itself, I suppose, I, I've mentioned Fabian is one of his last two fights in a row. Obviously, you know, he took out a, a legend in Leona Machida and in the Charlie Ward fight. It was a weird fight, which he kind of dominated, but didn't really massively impress him. He's impressed a lot more in fights previously, but it felt like after that Machida fight, if something had uh, kind of turned for him a little bit and that maybe he, that would have been the time to kind of put him in there and then they did the Charlie fight, which has kind of been a back and forth for a while. And now the Musasi fight, like... The reason I think with this Musasi fight uh, that it doesn't really make a lot of sense is for the reason that if Musasi wins, he could be fighting for the title again. And Fabian is one of their guys who, if he comes, let's say he comes to Ireland, people will come and watch Fabian. If they, they go and they put on a sta- uh, the card in, in the UK or whatever, people come and watch Fabian. And he's been that way for a long time. He was a guy, I think he was 11 and 0 or something as an amateur. And, um, you know, I, I remember talking about him over in Severe May as, as an amateur on the way up. And he was always known. He was always a guy who's kind of a fan favorite. And he's, you know, one of the, the kind of the few guys, I think, in the UK that, you know, there are a lot of guys in Ireland, but that Bellator have in the UK that can actually be a star from. And, like, I think it helps the fact as well that his brother now is reigning over in, in the UFC. And I think a lot of people probably look at that and go, oh, well... You know, if he can do it, maybe Fabian can do it too. And it would have made the perfect story, but he has to go through Musasi first. It's a fight I'm massively intrigued um, to watch because when Fabian fights, right, he usually uh, comes up against guys who don't want to engage him in what he wants to do. And what he wants to do is jab on the outside, throw hard kicks to the body and be the the technical striker in there, right? Now, we'll talk about Musashi's wrestling in a second. 
and I think that's a massive part of this. But and it's probably uh, too big of a part to be to be actually leaving down here. But Musasi, a lot of the time, likes to be a technical striker in there as well, right? He likes to, uh, and like you look at the the Eblen fight, and that's you know he's trying to be it and he couldn't be it. Right, a lot of his fights, he tries to be it, and he usually does succeed. Look at the Vanderford fight; it was obviously very, very quick. But the Salter fight, I know you're talking about wrestlers here, but he, when he doesn't wrestle, he does like to fight in a similar sort of fashion to Fabian Edwards. Now, not not necessarily, you know, one to so palm, one not, and all of that. But I just want let's say for a second, and let's go with me here. I don't think it, I don't think it necessarily turn into this, but if it does turn into that sort of stand-up technical match i wonder who's going to win that and if you'd asked me this question maybe at this time last year i would have said geez that's a very very tough task for fabian like musassi is very very good at that um you know you'll have your chances you'll need to take your chances but you're going to have to be at 100 percent to beat musassi and i i would say that's still the case to be honest but 11 months out of 37 years of age is it 100 percent still the case will there be a little bit of a drop will there be a little bit of a percentage off that fabian edwards can take advantage of and win the fight because of it that's a big question coming in here i think it's a massive 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 question coming in here um and if fabian can do that he's Fabian's biggest flaw and I've said this many times is he doesn't know how good he is I I honestly and truly believe that he does not know how good he is Fabian Edwards is a guy who should be gone out and I'm not not saying to open up and get hit all the time right but he should be gone out and destroying very good guys right and he he hasn't recently he and now he did against Machida absolutely but he hasn't really been doing it and I feel like I don't know if it's paralysis by analysis or just trying to be the best fighter you can be, which I will never criticize a, a fighter for and trying to be as technical as possible. But in MMA, and this, you know, this is a, uh, this is maybe a philosophical debate and not one for a, a preview show, but MMA is not a sport where you can control everything, right? And sometimes you have to okay that in your mind. And you have to realize, well, look, to be successful at the very, very top level, I'm going to have to take chances. I'm going to have to do a little bit extra to finish this guy, to dominate this fight. And I feel like Fabian Edwards hasn't always done that. Like the Vanderford fight, like, I actually think he won that Vanderford fight, <laughs> to be honest. Now, a lot of people don't, but if you look at it in a very judging criteria heavy way i think it was a very close fight but let's say he didn't right let's forget about my opinion here for a second that's a fight where with an extra bit of pig-headedness maybe you win it right you stop the like you 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 up the pace this slow technical pace is great but you have to stop that pace you have to up that pace to Beat guys like that, and especially against a guy like Musassi, I think you have to do it. I really think you do. Now, at the other side of that, and let's talk about the wrestling, 
If you do that too much, you're going to get taken down by Musasi. A very underrated wrestler. I've always said about him and, uh, and Glover Teixeira, to me, are the two most underrated wrestlers in, in the history of MMA. Now we have some great wrestlers you know, down through the years, like Cejudo and you know all the way back to, to Mark Coleman and all the lads and Cormier and John Jones and Habib Nurmagomedov and everyone we've ever seen, right? We've great wrestlers. But I'm terms, uh, none of them are underrated wrestlers, you get me. In terms of guys who are seen kind of as strikers but can wrestle very well as well, those are two lads that always stick out to me. And if you're Fabian Edwards and you overthrow or overcommit, you're going to get taken down by Musasi. So all I said there is all well and good. It's easy for me to say sitting here in my chair in West Limerick to you need to commit more, you need to throw harder, you need to go more. You're in there. That's grand for a lot of other fights as well. And it's, I think it's true for most fights, but it's definitely true for other fights. For the Musasi fight, I think it still holds true, but you have to be very, very, very careful. You can't allow him the ability to take you down for free. You can't do it, because if he takes you down, it's going to be it's going to be issues. It really, really is going to be issues. You know, he he's won, he's won a good few fights by submission in his career. You know, he's won, what? 13 fights by submission or something like that. It's all, and now he's had a lot of fights. But he could fight on the ground. He could finish you on the ground. And you have to be very, very careful. Now, Fabian Edwards is no mug on the ground either. He's won a few fights by armbar from the bottom and stuff. And he has an active guard. A thing, again, which I think he should be more confident in. But I, I just think Fabian as well. 30 years of age. He needs to start doing it now. Right? This is Fabian's time. It's all well and good saying he has all the quality. Um, he has all the ability. He just needs to kind of take it to that next level. Well, now this is the next level. We're here. We're at the next level. We're at the time now where Fabian Edwards needs to do it, right? And uh, I, I know uh, my guy John Brannigan is going to put up a preview and predictions here, so I better give my prediction. But I honestly find it so hard to predict this fight. I really do. I'm not sure 100% how Gegard is going to look. And I'm not sure if Fabian is going to up that level that he needs to win this fight, right? I'm not sure. Um, I I think I'm picking Musasi. I think I'm picking Musasi. It it could it could be a pick where I'm looking at after and just like, why didn't I listen to myself and say he was out for that long and he's thirty seven years of age fighting the young up and comer? But I just think that wrestling could be the difference. I think the fact he's a very good striker and as good or a better of a striker at this stage of his career, anyway, possibly than Fabian has ever faced. And I think. If that is the case, uh, he he will win. And uh, it's a toss of a kind, though. It's a toss of a kind. I don't like doing predictions, to be honest. I'd really not. I'd rather just break it down like I just did and say, look, my prediction is whoever wins will win. <laughs> you know, sort of thing. But I'm going for um, I'm going for Gegard. Do you know what? I, I better I better write that down because like. I'll, I'll come to the end of the video and I'll be like, oh, here me recap of my predictions. Uh, who do I predict? <laughs> I forget. Um. The other middleweight fight, though, is a vastly interesting one as well. You have Douglas Lima against Costello Van Steenis. Now, Douglas Lima is coming off of four losses in a row. Um, obviously, three of them at welterweight and one against Musasi up at middleweight. Jason Jackson, MVP, Amasov and Musasi, all by decision. He beat Rory McDonald before that. Costello Van Steenis on the other side of it. He's coming off of um, a win in uh, against Camille uh, Onishuk uh, when it was about six, seven months ago. Um, uh, and before that, he was out for two years. 
And who had he beaten before that? Fabian Edwards. And I think it's very weird. Like, the fact that he did fight, what, six, seven months ago, he beat Fabian Edwards in the fight before that, and he's ranked, like, number 10 in the Bellator rankings or something, and Fabian Edwards is ranked number two. Like, uh, I don't know how that works, but anyway. Um, and not to give out about rankings, because I hate giving out about rankings, but just to say, like, if you're looking at Cancelo Vanzini, you're thinking, oh, he's number 10 in the world or whatever. It's like, that, he's, he's not a number 10 in the world. He's not. I think it's a tough fight for him, though. It's a very interesting fight because, like, you look at it. Uh, I, 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 I do think this is going to be uh, a stand-up fight. I think, uh, I think Lima will try to do what he always does. He'll try to kick the outside of the leg. He'll try to fight at a slower pace. He'll try to outpoint him, and it hasn't worked for him in his last four fights. Like. Lima Lima again is another guy kind of like Fabian uh, Fabian except maybe worse because it's in the later part of his career and he's shown everything they can do he just needs to let it go a little bit more you know and as I said again easy for me to say sitting here but he needs to let it go Costello is a guy who does let it go right he comes forward he lands a lot of shots he's well rounded he can wrestle he can strike um let me just see the, the difference in size here because uh, if it is, he's 6'1 and Douglas Lima, well, the biggest difference in size is 6'1 as well, yeah. He's, Douglas Lima though is, is kind of a, a longer guy, I suppose, for, for down in welterweight. I think Costello Vancinas will have the, um, the size advantage here. They're both weighing in at 185. I think, you know, Lima probably be close to, to 195. I, I think Costello probably be closer to 205 by the time they fight. Forget me. No, that's pure speculation for me, but haven't seen him fight before. I, I think that will be the case. I think he will be the bigger man in there. And I wonder I wonder if that will play a factor here. I wonder if he can just put a bit of forward motion on him. Musa um uh Lima is very good at circling away and being defensively good. But if Vancinas, and you know he's a good athlete as well. Vancinas, if he can push him back and push him against the cage, and maybe land a few shots against a few shots against the cage, for a guy like Lima who doesn't have the biggest output in the world, those few shots against the cage could win him a fight. Him holding him against the cage and landing a few knees and landing maybe an elbow or two could win Casella Vancinas the fight. Um, I, uh, I'm picking Casella Vancinas to win this fight, and the reason I'm picking him is because I don't trust Lima anymore to go out there and perform. I, I, I'll say it again, and that's not against Lima's ability or anything, right? I think he is. I remember Joe Rogan talking about him a few years ago, saying he's one of the best welterweights in the world, and he was. Douglas Lima was a fantastic fighter, and I'm sure still is a fantastic fighter, but he just does not deliver it enough. He just does not deliver enough, and you you reach a certain point where he's gone four fights in a row, and he, he's not delivering it. To say like, is he going to deliver it again now? You look at the last four guys, and I do think Costello Vanstein is, is a little bit of a, a, um, a come down in quality. Not to say that he's not good, because he, I think he is very good, but like this sort of opponent should be a good matchup for a really good technical hard striker like Lima, even though it's up away, you know? But. I'm picking him almost because he's trying to be... Uh, I'm picking Costello because Lima's almost trying to be too technical, if you get me, right? And that's a really bad position to be in if you're Lima. What makes you great is actually holding you back. Um, and I would... I, honestly, I would love if he 
came out and performed because I think it'd be a very close fight. I would love if Fabian came out and performed the way I know he can as well because these lads, it's, it's in them. It really is in them. They're quality. And I, I hope I'm not coming off negative about them now here or anything because I do not mean that in the slightest. I'm a big fan of both of these guys. But they just they just need to unleash their, their inner beast and, uh, and come out and fight these fights. And if they do, we'll have two absolute gobsmackers at the top of this card. Uh, it, no, the um Lima fight isn't necessarily at the top of the card. There's two fights above it. First of all, just just quickly, I'll, I'll touch on uh, Thibaut Guti against, uh, uh, against Kane Musa. Obviously, Guti fighting out of France, so Bellator, smart to put him up there <clears throat> towards the top. Um, you know, he's some good wins over the last while. He did lose to Alfie Davis last time out. Um, you know, he was in the UFC for a while, had a, had a, a, a one win there, but lost, you know, a good few of his fights. Remember, famously lost to, to Sage Narcod, Nazar Hakpras as well. But, you know, he had a bit of time away from MMA there for around three years after that. He made his comeback, fought a couple of times on the, the local scene over the next, what, two years or so, and then came into the Bellator, beat Lewis Long. Um, and as I said, lost to Alfie Davis. Whereas <coughs> Ken Musa, honestly, I think Ken Musa has gone to a level that I didn't, I didn't believe he could get to. If I'm being honest, um, look, he's one and one these last two as well. But that one was Georgie Karchanian, and he looked phenomenal in that. Even the Davy Gallon fight before that, it was a close enough fight. He beat a uh, Alessandro Body before uh, that uh, as well. And he's won another few fights uh, in Bellator also. But I. I wouldn't look at Kane Musa's record too much. I would look more at that performance against Kharkhanian. Um And I think I think he'll win this fight. I think he'll beat Thibaut Guti. And I think he'll go on maybe to fight Peter Queeley. They were supposed to fight at the start of, uh, of last year. Maybe that fight could be reprised. I know there was a bit of back and forth between them as well on the night that they were supposed to fight. So, yeah, I think that is... Um, that is an interesting fight. I, I, I do favour Musa, although maybe it's kind of set up for uh, for Guti in, in his own country, but I, I like that fight. I think it'll be a bit of a, a banger. In the coming event, though, we have a fight from the 155-pound tournament, which is great because before they weren't allowed to put these on overseas. Now they are, so I'm hoping we'll get one now in Ireland coming up here in September or when, whenever they're coming back. And uh, the fight is between Brent Primus and uh, Mansois Banoi, whose name I always pronounce perfectly. Uh, Primus hasn't had the best time over the, over the last while, I suppose. Uh, lost two of his last three, beating Benson Henderson in the middle of that. Lost Alexander Shibley and Islam Medov, uh, who are two very good fighters. One of them, obviously, a split decision. But, you know, he'd been fighting a bit on, on kind of the European scene for a while. He fought Bungard, he fought Tim Wilde, and beat both of them. And now he's back to fight against uh, Barnoui. Uh, this is a very t- different task to all of them. Uh, if you don't know... Mansa Banui, you should probably get to know him. This guy is an absolute, an absolute beast. Um, he hasn't lost a fight since 2016. Uh, he beat Adam Piccolotti last time out, decimated him, and he'd been out of the cage for three years before that. Like, his only losses in his career are to Matthias Gamrat, one of the best fighters uh, in the world at the time, in KSW, even Bushinger, who, you know, went on, I think, a 10-fight winning streak after McGregor beat him, Islam Akhashev, and Kevin Lee as well, who's obviously a very good fighter, and that was back in 2012, so it's 11 years ago, but he's, 
he needs to. He's another one of these guys who needs to do it now as well. He's only thirty years of age still, but he looked damn good in his last fight. He went on a great run over in road, uh, fighting a lot of lads with a lot of experience over there, and he's he's just so well rounded. His ground game is brilliant. I hope this turns into a jiu-jitsu matchup because Brim Primus is a lad who is always a bit mad. He'll always jump in there and try to get you to the ground and submit you on the way down or get a go-go platter or a leg lock or something. And Barnoui is, I think, a lot more kind of um, languid, maybe, in his approach than Primus, who's maybe a little bit agricultural. But I, I mean that as a compliment. It can be very good, and I, I like Primus the way he fights. But this is a real clash of styles on the ground, I think, and I'm... I'm mad up to see that. I think this will be a fantastic fight. On the field, I'm interested to see how it goes because Primus kind of he throws those big boulders. Barnoui maybe a little bit more succinct in what he does as well, throwing out a few jabs and stuff. But I do think Barnoui will want to get the fight to the ground. I think Primus will have no fo- no problem fighting on the ground as well. And I do think it'll end up there, which isn't always the case in fights like this. But it should be uh, it should be fun. Um, after that, then there's a few fights that that stand out. Uh, Saul Rogers against uh, Davy Galan, who I mentioned a, a few minutes ago. You know, not being the most amazing runs for, for both of these guys. Um, Saul obviously lost to, to Tim Wilde in uh, what I think was a, a bit of um, a bit of a surprise, I think, to a lot of people. Inter as a minus 400 favourite and ended up losing. He'd beaten Georgie Harkhanian before that after losing, you know, to Mads Brunel in the fight, which could have got him right up the ranks. This is a big fight, I think, for Saul Rogers because I think everyone in on the case he knows how talented Saul is but it's been been a lot of setbacks and, and stuff like that Davy Galan on the other hand then he was on a great run before he lost to Daniel Skidizzi, uh last time out I think what he'd won five in a row uh, before that everyone remembers that rolling thunder kick against uh, Ross Pearson and you know he'd won a, a couple of fights beat Charlie Leary beat the aforementioned Kane Musa as well so that's a, a tough high level fight um, on the last fight I'm picking Barnaby Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with Davy Galan in this one, uh, he, even though I think it's a it's a it's a toss up, really. Um, Jose Augusto against Simon Biang. Then, if you don't know Biang, another guy, I think he's he's training over in France. He actually trained in the UFT gym, which is a brilliant team. Salich and all of them over in uh, Germany. Uh, got a couple of great wins last time out. Luke Trainer, he beat him, uh, and we've seen what Luke Trainer has done since. Looked, um, you know, looked phenomenal. Uh, in his fight against Sullivan Colley. And, he, you know, he, he won that fight. I uh, won a fight since. And now he's coming in here like... If he wins a light heavyweight, goes goes on a, a four-fight win streak here, he's got to be right up there. You know, and I think Biang is, is a guy who a lot of people have talked about, who a lot of people have said, oh, this could be a guy in that division. I think if he wins here, he, he's gone up even farther and he, he will be doing well. A very interesting fight between... Um, Tim Wilde and uh, Chris Gonzalez at 155. Kyle Stewart is fighting Gregory Babin. Uh, I like Biang in that fight. Uh, I like Babin. And do you know what? I, I'm going to. I think Chris Gonzalez will beat Tim Wilde. But as I just said, Tim Wilde, uh, he'd probably be an underdog coming into this. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> he often wins as an underdog. It's very interesting. A couple of fights from the undercard as well. Denise Kielos was in one of the fights of the year. She's fallen, uh, fighting uh, Paula Christina. I think she will win that fight, but her record six and five, you know, not the best record in the world. She needs to get a couple of wins there to get back up, I suppose, at 125. That division now is going to be wide open. It could be even more wide open, you know, if this Alimele fight happens uh, against Liz Carmouche. So we'll, um, 
I suppose we'll see how that will go. I do like Keel Holtz there, though, in that one. Um, Oliver Inkamp against Luca Pilat. That's a that's a pretty high level fight as well. Like Luca, um, Luca's a, a probably a bit of an underrated fighter coming out of SBG. He got that uh, the Lucanator choke last time out, if people remember. And uh, I know a lot of lads in in SBG kind of mentioned him like this is a guy kind of flying under the radar. Uh, it was his first fight in Bellator, and now they're putting in there against Incamp, who you know has been around for a long time and has. Has always shown up and always fought well. You know he's won four of his last five fights, only losing to Kyle Crutchmere, and all of them were uh, were uh, were finishes. Those for uh, those four wins. So big fight here. Uh, I think. <laughs> Look, I think both lads as well be happy to fight this fight out, out in the ground. I think they're both similar enough. I, I think um, Picklat is one of these guys that bites his time very well and is calm in there. Whereas I think Incamp try kind of maybe tries to make things happen a little bit more. Who's going to win that battle? Not very sure. I, I, you know what? I I go with a bit of Irish bias here, and I'll, I'll pick Luca Palat to, to get the submission. But I think it will be a fun one uh, on the ground. Um, Stephen Hill is fighting uh, Nicola uh, Sayoli uh, as well, uh, coming out of. Uh, coming out of SPG, if I'm not mistaken, indeed he is. Um, you know, he won his last fight uh, against Bubikar Kamara. Before that, he lost to the current Cage Warriors uh, lightweight champion, George Hardwick. But that was back in 2020. He's only had one fight uh, in... Actually, sorry, he, he had a no contest against Bobby Pallard as well. Uh, but Stephen Hill, you know, 7-0, uh, bringing... Uh, you know the the undefeated record in here, guys who've never lost. It's very hard for them to lose. You know the, the uh, he got a good win last time out over Joel Kuja. Um, this is going to be his third fight at Bellator, and you know he's a guy who goes in there and he finishes a lot of his fights. I think only one of his fights so far out of the seven has uh, has gone to a decision. So you know tough fight for Sioli. I think it is a bit of a step up for Hill. Is he going to be able for it? I suppose let's see. I think it's a toss of a kind. I probably, I probably, I go for, I go for Hill on that one. Um, there's a lot of SPG fighters on this card. Actually, funny enough, Asel is huge. Uh, is the one though? Like I, I've spoken to a few lads about a cell. Spoke to Peter Queeley on this very show, and I asked him who is the one guy in the gym that you think is going to reach that next level. And he told me Asel is huge, and I was talking to someone else about him. And uh, they were, <laughs> they were saying to me, you know, there, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of money and a lot of opportunities floating around in Irish MMA and SPG, especially at the moment. And a lot of lads, maybe you know, well, we we, we have it made now. And Asela Huge is not one of them. He's one of these lads. He, I think he won his fight against I think Jordan Barton. And uh, at eight o'clock the next morning, his father came in and got him out to run ten k. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's what you're getting from Asela Huge, and he's shown those improvements. You know. I think the best fight I've ever seen between between two debuting pros was him and Constantine Blanita back at uh, Bellator 240, and it's it's a pity we haven't seen much of Blanita since then. I'd love to see him back, but he's won all fight five five fights since. Uh, he's fighting George Sasu here. I know George was supposed to get a few opportunities on a few cards. He's only you know, and, and a lot of them kind of kind of fell out. He was, he was supposed to fight Kieran Clark, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he did end up fighting Elias Bully. I'd lost that, but that was uh, that was in twenty twenty one. He fight before. That 2018, so he hasn't been in there much. I I do favor Asselijuge to win that one. Flying massively under the radar here as well is Brett Johns. Uh, you know, Brett Johns came into Bellator and everyone was thinking like he could be fighting for a title pretty soon. He's going to be right up there. 
And you know he's been buried on a lot of these undercards. He was supposed to fight James Gallagher, to be fair, and that would have been a big, uh, a big fight. And then he fought Jordan Winsky. You know, I was at that fight in 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 Dublin. <sighs> you know, one of those, one of those fights that was buried in the middle of all the Irish fighters. And like, even you know, I, I'll take some of the responsibility from for like even us covering it. We weren't concentrating on that fight. You know, we weren't, and that that's a fact of the matter. But look. He has a big opportunity here to win a fight, put three in a row, and maybe get on that Dublin card towards the end of the year. Maybe get Gallagher. You know, they both seem to want that fight. But, you know, he's had a good run. He lost to Danny Sepatello when he came in, of course. But, um, you know, his opponent, I don't know too much about him, if I'm being honest. 11-3 and three coming out of uh, of Brazil. Uh, this is his debut in, in Bellator. Um, he's beaten some guys with some good records. You know, his last two opponents, 10-2, uh, 13-2 as well. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of finishes, a lot of knockouts in his record. I think all his finishes are, he won submission, but the rest of them are knockouts. So, you know, I'm sure it'll be an interesting test for uh, for Brett Johns, but one he uh, he needs to win, and I, I'll pick him to win that there. Um, aside from that, I love the fight. The last fight I'm going to talk about here uh, is uh, actually there's an interesting fight. Uh, Sarvashan Kamidov, 14 and 0 against Kevin Petchy. Always interesting. Like that stood out to me here, looking at that uh, that record, and you know, watching a, a couple of these fights. This is another guy who is. Uh, a dangerous enough guy. He he won his uh, debut in in a minute with a liver kick, um, and I I kind of marked it on as okay. This is a this is a guy to watch. He won a few fights over in UAE Warriors against you know a couple of uh, a couple of guys who have have been fighting for a long time, and he was you know before that. You know, his first few fights in his career, fighting 1-1, 0-0, 1-0, Whenever you see that on a record, you're kind of like, oh. But then he's been beating very good guys since that, and he's definitely wanted to keep an eye on here, and I think uh, he'll win that fight against Petchy. But the Yves Landu, uh Piotr Nijelski fight, that's a very, very good high-level fight. You know, I suppose we uh, we all know... His his nickname is you know, uh, Eve Landu for that um, that fly knee knockout against Terry Brazier, <sighs> Jesus, tr- two years ago now at this stage, but lost to Tim Wild as I mentioned before that Tim Wild is some some good wins in there, but won two fights since, uh, knocked out Gavin Hughes, but Nijelski. You know, a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous guy. Okay, last last time out to Richie Smullen. What a performance that was by Richie, who's fighting in the next card here coming up as well. Uh, but he beat Pedro Carvalho in his debut before that, and he'll be looking to bounce back here in, in a big way coming into this card. So um, I'm going to pick Nijelski in that one. I think he's resting, may, might see him through, but it feels like all the Nijelski fights are going to be close fights. Uh, and if you're Eve Landu, I think you want to probably change that with a big fly in knee or something like that. So, yeah, I think um, uh, I, I'm going to go with Nijelski in that one. So, uh, that's it, lads. I, I think I've given my picks throughout it. Look, just to quickly recap the, the main picks, I'm going to go for, for Musa. So I'm going to go for Banui. Uh, I'm going to go for, uh, for Musa. And. At a push, I'm going to go for uh, for Castello Van Steen as, as well on the main card. But you know what? This is a creeping up on me kind of good card, to be honest. And I'm uh, I'm bang up for it. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And um, let's uh, let's see how it goes next Friday night. Plus, it's at a good time for me. I don't have to stay up all night to watch it. So that's always a bonus, as you know. All right, everyone. I really appreciate you tuning in to listen to this. Uh, if you haven't seen all the other shows that we have up on Shardog, please check them out. And if you would, click the subscribe button, 
click the like button, leave a comment below. It really helps us out, and I'd be very grateful if you would do that. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. My name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com, and I'll see you all next time.